This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 29th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court heard several First Amendment cases this term, and according to Ilya Shapiro, editor of the Cato Institute Supreme Court Review, the High Court got them all right. Like last year with the animal cruelty case, Stevens' depictions of animal cruelty, legislatures, uh, including Congress, can't simply carve out a new type of speech that's unprotected or, or worthless somehow. So given that, then this, violent video games, is subject to strict scrutiny like anything else. Uh, and the government was not able to show a compelling reason. You know, if you had an overwhelming study showing that playing for every hour of video game playing um, that increases the propensity to commit murder by 1%, uh, and that was an airtight study, the, the, the outcome might be different. But here, because it's all speculative, and uh, as Scalia wrote in inciting our brief, inciting the Cato brief, um, adults complaining about violence in different media that children are exposed to is not a new thing, and it's not a technological thing. It goes back uh, centuries to the to classical literature. So until we really have established a compelling uh, interest for the government, we can't just um, say that this uh, these violent video games are uh, are no good for purposes of the First Amendment. As we were talking about earlier, you say that this kind of opinion uh, can produce some weird results if you carry it uh, to its logical extension. Right. This is the point that uh, Justice Breyer made in dissent. Uh, I don't agree with the rest of his dissent, which basically says that this is uh, not useful speech and we kind of weigh the, the, the usefulness of the speech against the social cost and here's a bunch of studies and I'll balance them and okay, I disagree with that. But he did have a good line saying it's kind of odd that we can stop uh, a 17-year-old from uh, buying a penthouse magazine or Playboy or what have you at the convenience store, but we can't stop him from uh, buying a video game where he is the actor who's decapitating that same woman and burning her alive and, and so forth. Um, and indeed, that is kind of odd, but I think that uh, points to a breakdown in our uh, obscenity jurisprudence and kind of larger um, difficult issues with, with the First Amendment and not uh, to the fact that this decision might be wrong. And we're not talking about uh, private entities prohibiting young people from having access to these things in their stores. We're just talking about a state legislature. Absolutely. And indeed, the rating system, the, vi- the voluntary rating system for video games has been more successful uh, in making sure that, that you know, the, the youngest kids aren't exposed to the most uh, violent imagery and, and so forth. Uh, then with movies, then with you know, Tipper Gore's campaign with music, uh, comic books in the 50s, all of these sorts of things have had voluntary uh, rating systems. Uh, and in this, in this area, one of the compelling things, and we mentioned this in our brief as well, um, why government uh, doesn't have a compelling reason to do it is because self-regulation and parental oversight have actually worked. Clarence Thomas uh, wrote in dissent in this case and raised, I guess, some sort of odd... Uh, objections to the majority. Yeah, Clarence Thomas is actually one of the most pro-free speech justices. Him and Kennedy really are the ones who lead the charge uh, as far as Cato is concerned on on uh, on First Amendment issues. Um, but he took a very historical approach saying that at the time of the framing of the First Amendment, um, the idea that, that minors could do things without the authority of their parents would have been anathema, that uh, whatever the parents say 
uh, said went, and uh, children were uh, almost, uh, uh, I don't want to say slaves, but certainly under the control uh, of their parents, didn't have independent uh, First Amendment rights uh, of which to speak. I, I think he overstates the case. There's a lot of interesting historical analysis that he, that he presents there, but that's certainly not, uh, you know, it's disputed whether that was the case at the time. And certainly now we see the, the law as it applies to minors is more of a sliding scale. So certainly a five-year-old is uh, almost exclusively under the control of the of the parent, uh, but a 17-year-old uh, isn't, and and you know there's a bit of a kind of a reasonability aspect to that, um, uh, and so you know that's that's where one of Justice Alito's points comes in that if the statute were more narrowly drawn, uh, that you don't treat five-year-olds like 13-year-olds, like 17-year-olds, um, and and make other uh, narrowing uh, uh, edits to the statute, then it might survive constitutional muster. We spoke earlier and you said so far in the Supreme Court's uh, jurisprudence on the First Amendment, they've done very well. This was an off year in general. Uh, after last year's big gun cases and necessary and proper clause and uh, Sarbanes-Oxley and things like this, this year was, thankfully for me, because I've been focusing on the Obamacare battles in the lower courts, um, this year has not been a, a blockbuster year. But on the First Amendment, it has been. And whether you're talking about that funeral protest case, Snyder versus Phelps, whether you're talking about the Arizona public financing that was decided uh, yesterday on the last day of the, the term as well, uh, this case, the violent video games, the Arizona scholarship program that involved the religious clauses of the First Amendment, the court got it right. Um, so on the First Amendment, it was a blockbuster year, uh, and the court gets an A-plus from Cato's perspective on that. Julian Sanchez, our colleague here, raised an interesting question that relates to uh, this violent video games case and Citizens United. And he asked the question pretty plainly, uh, are corporations people, for the purposes of the law, when they are producing violent video games? Right. So apparently the... Um, those people who, who applaud yesterday's decision, the, the video game decision, but uh, pan Citizens United like it when corporations speak uh, in terms of violent video games, but don't like it when they engage in political speech. Uh, that's a long and complicated narrative, uh, but Julian does uh, well to point out some of the inconsistencies there. And actually, uh, legal associate Caitlin Walsh-McCarthy and I have a law review article coming out called um, So What If Corporations Aren't People, talking about how it's not about corporate rights, it's actually individual rights that are pooled in the corporate form. So look for that. I'll be blogging about it as well. Ilya Shapiro is editor of the Cato Supreme Court Review. You can get your copy at cato.org.